why would a customer choose you over someone else who's providing the same service or has a similar product? This is where I see the struggle more often than not. Sometimes it's pretty fluffy. So it's essentially to identify what are your unique strengths, qualities, or features that make your offering distinct. By doing this and really reevaluating this, you'll not only attract more customers, but also build a brand that's memorable and trusted. Welcome to the Women Choosing Growth Podcast, where we feature inspiring stories of success, challenges of growth, and lessons learned from women entrepreneurs, industry experts, and thought leaders who have been through the growing pains inevitable as an entrepreneur. Whether you are just getting started or are looking to scale up your business, our show is designed to provide you with the tools, resources, and community you need to grow your business. Join your host, Tina Sue, a lifelong entrepreneur and business growth advisor, as we explore topics such as marketing, sales, finance, leadership, and personal growth all tailored specifically to the needs of women entrepreneurs. So if you're ready to grow your business faster and smarter, then this podcast is for you. Thanks for tuning in and let's get started. Welcome back, ladies. I am thrilled to be here with you today to kick off our four-week series on sales. There is so much strategy and learning around sales, no matter how big or small your business is or how long you've been in business. As an advisor, this is something I spend a lot of time on with clients because there's just so many pieces to it. That's why I broke it into four bite-sized pieces. And we're going to do that over the next four weeks. It's also sales season. So this being recorded in November of 2023. So no matter when you're listening to it, it is relevant. However, it's sort of the sales season. You know, we've got Black Friday coming up and the holiday season and all of the sales. So I've been wanting to do these episodes, this four-part series for a while. And I thought this is the perfect time of year to do it. So these four weeks are going to be broken into the four different episodes. The first one today of building strong sales foundation. So we're going to talk about foundation today. Then the second episode is going to be sales strategies for growth, which we're all here to grow. Women choosing growth, right? And the third is effective sales techniques. And then fourth is scaling and sustaining that sales growth. So obviously, all things around sales and growth. So as I mentioned, today, we're diving into the very core of what makes the business thrive and the sales and the fundamentals around it. So we're going to be discussing a couple different concepts of that. But by the end of the episode today, you'll have a clear understanding of the importance of sales in business growth, how to stand out in your competitive market, and a lot more. So let's get started. So sales, as you know, is the lifeblood of your business. You don't have a business if you don't have sales. Well, unless you're just getting started. But it is uh, not just about selling products or services. It's really about creating a sustainable path for your business to grow and thrive. So having sales is great. But we're talking in these this next 4 weeks about really how to grow that sales piece of your business and have it sustainable so that your people side also is in balance. Too many sales, but not enough people to supply the products or services is a problem. So we want to be really strategic around the sales and so that you can continue to grow and scale your business. 
So before we dive in, I want to make sure that we're all on the same page with the definition as well. I've often been asked what the difference between sales and revenue is. To be honest, I've heard it used in so many different ways and interchangeably. It doesn't matter to me. We're talking about the, the revenue that comes in from your business. To be technical for a moment, sales is the amount collected from your company's services or product. So whatever it is that your business does, if you have a product or service, the, the money that you collect for that product and service is what we consider in the sales bucket. And that's a lot about what we're talking about in these next four weeks. While revenue, the actual term of revenue, would combine all monies for your business collected. So if you have, say, rental income or some kind of... Like if you have a coaching business and you have revenue from books, or like I said, if you're renting part of your business, I've seen that on a lot of profit and loss statements. So a lot of times there's... Or I shouldn't say a lot of times, but several times there is other money that comes in to a business besides just from their products or services. That all goes in the bucket of revenue. So today we're talking about sales as in the money that you... The, the bucket basically of your products or services. We start with sales in, in, the, in the process, right? In the fundamentals of it. Because without your business, you can, without it in your business, you can't move forward. Sales generate the revenue, which obviously covers all of your expenses. This is where you need more to reinvest to get to that next level. And ultimately, you need more sales than, than expenses in order to be profitable, which again, is all of our goals. Build up that profitability line so that you can actually exit your business someday. And that is what your value of your business is all based on. So more, more sales equals more profit. Understanding sales is not only hitting targets, but it's about ensuring the longevity and success of your business, which is what we're all here for. So later in a, in a minute here, we're going to get into sales process and some of those other things we talked about. But first, I want to talk about how to differentiate your products and services in a competitive market. In today's world, there's often some seriously fierce competition in just about every industry. To stand out and succeed, you need to have a unique value proposition, a UVP, or often also called a USP, your unique selling proposition. You've probably heard some of these terms. Your USP is what sets you apart from competition. This part you probably already knew. But oftentimes when I talk to clients about their USP, they describe their niche which is not the same. So your niche and your unique selling proposition is two different things. Your niche in your industry refers to who your customer is. So who is your customer? What is that avatar? And if you say, oh, I, I can sell my services to anyone or everyone, then you're not niched, right? If you try to be all things to all people, you will be nothing to anyone. So like this podcast, the niche or niche, depending on where you're from, the niche of this podcast is really for women. Not that men can't listen to it. And there might be some men listening to it. We have some male guests as well. But it's really focused on women who are not only leaders in business, but are also in growth mode. As you are one of these women now and listening, the topics we cover are probably not really useful for women with a side hustle or that don't ever intend to grow their business beyond themselves. They don't have staff and there really is no exit in their future. It's, and there's Side hustles are great, but that's not who this podcast is for. So while anyone can listen and benefit, 
the audience and our niche of who our customer is, is very clearly defined. Your USP answers the question differently than what your niche does. Your USP or your UVP, your unique selling proposition is why should customers choose your product or service over others? Let me ask that again. So why would a customer choose you over someone else who's providing the same service or has a similar product? This is where I see the struggle more often than not. Sometimes it's pretty fluffy. So it's essentially to identify what are your unique strengths, qualities or features that make your offering distinct. By doing this and really reevaluating this, you'll not only attract more customers, but also build a brand that's memorable and trusted. So ask yourself, what makes my product or service better than the competition? And the answer is you have to have this really clearly defined. I've seen and I've heard all too often that a business USP and someone, you know, when I ask this question, hey, what makes you different? It's, I, I see, I've seen this in print as well. Like, oh, our staff is amazing or our customer service is excellent. And I've even heard some, some say, that, oh, it's just our people, right? Well, how many industries do you know where the people don't job hop at some point right? If it's a specific skill that you're providing, chances are that person on your staff or the people on your staff came from somewhere else in the same industry right before you. This was the case for one of my largest businesses. I remember even saying that, like, we can't say it's our people because literally all of our people came from one of our competition at some point or another. Or they're going to leave and go to one of my competitions. So if I say that you should buy my service because of my people, then what are you saying when your people leave and go to your competition? So are you, is that no longer why someone should buy your products or service? So the point of that little rant is don't make it so fluffy that it is oh, our people or our customer service. Now, if you have some kind of stat that really sets your customer service apart, from others in your industry. And I can't think of an example off the top of my head, but if you have something like that, that you can clearly draw a line between you and others who do the same thing as you, then it's okay. But otherwise, it really should not be something like people. Now, it might be a feature of your product, or it might be the fact that you get certain results because your people have better training those are different than just saying, oh, my staff or my customer service is better than the competition. So when you're thinking about your USP, your unique selling proposition, what makes you different than other people in the same industry offering the same product or service? Now, I know a lot of you are in growth mode. You've been in business for a long time. So you may be like, well, we already have our USP identified. I want to make sure and challenge you that you really take a look at this on a regular basis, at least when you're doing your annual planning. And this is the perfect time of year to be doing that because your sales and marketing efforts should really speak to what makes you different, right? So that should be in all your marketing, all your branding efforts. So I do challenge those of you who are thinking, okay, I I know my niche and I know my USP to think through that at least during your planning time. Who is that ideal customer behaviors, especially their pain points and review them regularly because they can change. So what was your USP a year ago 
things may have changed. Their pain points may have changed. Things might have changed in your industry. So don't just set it and forget it. This is something that you want to review regularly. So let's move on to the sales process and the funnels. A sales funnel is basically a visual representation of the customer's journey from when they first become aware of your product or service all the way to when they purchase and beyond. So it helps you understand how your potential customer moves through various stages before they decide to buy. The stages are often something like this. Starting out with awareness, right? They first saw your brand. They heard of you somewhere or saw your product somewhere. Then there's interest. So the second part of the funnel interest is where they show some kind of interest. Maybe they explore your website or they follow you on social media. The next step of their journey is consideration. This is where they're still interested, right? But they maybe they download a resource or they opt in for some kind of education. There's something where they're like, hmm, I've seen this person several times or I've seen this product a few times. I want to dig in a little bit deeper. The next stage is intent. And this is showing a strong intention to purchase. Maybe they purchase a demo um, or not purchase a demo, but ask for a demo. Maybe they request um, pricing to get an idea of what it would cost if I was going to buy. So they're not in purchasing mode yet, but they're definitely following that funnel and that journey that you want them to, to like, would it look like if I did work with this person or what would it look like if I did buy this particular product? Free trials kind of fall into this intent stage as well. And that is usually right before the purchase stage. So they may do that product demo or do a free trial. And then in your sales process, the next thing is like, all right, well, you've tested it out. Here's how it works. Here's the cost of it. And then the purchase is usually next. So this is where the purchase is where they make their decision, obviously. That and a lot of people that I've seen and worked with, that's where their sales funnel, if they do have it built out, that's where it ends. But I again challenge you to add one more part of the sales funnel to the post-purchase. The relationship should not end after the sale. And they have friends. So they are part of the sales funnel because they are, those people who have just purchased from you are also part of refilling the top of your funnel. So post-purchase should be actually at, at the bottom of that sales funnel as well. So we're going to talk about that and have a plan for that as well. Are you an accomplished woman business owner with a story to tell? Do you crave a platform where you can share your journey, the good, the bad, and the ugly? Hey, everyone, it's Tina here. If you're fans of the show, then you know we are a show that celebrates the strengths and resilience of women entrepreneurs just like you. As we're getting this podcasting community going, I thought it would be fitting to an extended invitation to apply to join me as a guest on our Top 100 podcast platform. I started Women Choosing Growth because I believe that real growth happens when we come together and share our expertise and our experiences. We want to hear your inspiring stories, the challenges you face, and the lessons you've learned on your entrepreneur journey. Whether you've triumphed over adversity, or face setbacks head on. Your story has the power to inspire and empower other women just like you. This platform is for you to showcase your achievements, highlight your expertise, and create meaningful connections within our community. 
So if you're a fearless woman business owner, unafraid to open up about your path to success, we want you on our show. Go to www.womenchoosinggrowth.com and join our community. From there, you'll be given the chance to fill out the short application. If you believe that you have a story to share, then why not? Once again, it's www.womenchoosinggrowth.com. I can't wait to feature more amazing and talented women in this community. Now, back to the show. So the whole point of mapping out your sales funnel so that you can identify where potential customers drop off and optimize those stages to increase your conversion rates. So conversion rates are obviously like how many people are dropping off at each of those stages that I just mentioned. When you're really, really good at having a very clear sales funnel and knowing when people are falling off of that sales funnel, and we'll talk about how to track that in a minute here, but that's where you can really, really scale your organization. So the sales process ensures that you don't miss opportunities and, and it really provides you a clear path and in, in for your team to follow. You want to develop that content that addresses those specific needs and like I said, more importantly, their pain points and any of those challenges that you're solving should be along that funnel. So for example, if you put a hard sell on something that is at the top of the funnel, you may lose like you have to buy today type of thing. Or you, if you throw out the cost in some different services, you throw out the cost at the beginning of your sales funnel and that's the first thing they see, you could lose that person. They, they won't follow through to the rest of your funnel because they haven't built trust with you yet. They haven't explored enough yet to see the value behind that price tag. So that's where you really want to get super clear about how you're marketing and what your process is for each of those steps along that customer journey. Same size. So a hard sell too early on could lose a potential customer. And also on the flip side, something if you're too fluffy all the way through the sales funnel and you're not really showing the value, it's like it's a nicety and someone might follow you for a little bit to follow that process a little bit to be like, okay, there's something here. But if you never get to the pain points, you never get to why they should buy your thing or your service... That and you're too. I call I call that fluffy. If you're too fluffy, you could also lose the customer. So there is a fine line in between there, and along that whole process, you want to be collecting. You want to find out how you can collect emails, right? From opt-ins, eBooks, free trials. Emails are cash, just waiting to be spent at the right moment. So. Don't just have people going through your sales process. Have different ways that you can capture their name. Or um, it, again, emails are top of the... They are like gold. This might... If you're on social media, which I'm sure you know most, most businesses are on social media somehow, that can be followers too. But you can't really... It's, you can re, you know, get them engaged. But if you have emails, it's, it's even worth more. That is your sales funnel. And for that step, I would challenge you to make sure that you go through your sales funnel and that, that customer journey and make sure that you're super clear on what you're offering and that it's a, a clear path on how they can walk through that all the way to purchasing. Let's talk about how to measure your success and make sure what you're doing 
is effective and efficient. So we're going to um, sales metrics and KPIs. KPIs are key performance indicators. So those are the indicators, the gauges that tell you that things are working right. So to gauge your sales success, you need to measure and analyze the data is basically what I'm saying. So this helps you understand what's working, what needs improvement, how to refine your strategies. This is not like a sales process and, and the marketing that gets tied to a sales process is not a one and done. I can't say that enough. This is something that is ever evolving. So common sales metrics and KPIs include those conversion rates that I mentioned. So how many people are... A, you know, that are you reaching of your very first part of the funnel? You're throwing some information out there. How many people see it versus how many people move to that next step and follow you or click on something? So each of those conversions from this step to that step and from that step to the next step, you want to track those, right? It's going to be less. Obviously, it's called a funnel because the top of the funnel has more, more leads in it, if you will. So you want to be able to convert those and keep that data. So also average deal size is something that you want to track uh, if you're especially if you're doing different marketing efforts and different product lines. Some marketing works differently for different products and services. So there's a lot of tracking that goes along with that. Most importantly, we'll get to this when we talk about referrals of current customers. The one of the things that not every business owner that I work with can articulate what their customer acquisition cost is. This is something you'd need to know, regardless if you're just, you know, figuring this stuff out now or if you've been in business for decades. If you don't know your customer acquisition cost, you're probably throwing money out the door. So customer acquisition cost is how much does it cost you in order to get one new client? So of all the advertising that you're doing, you would want to track that. And depending on what kind of advertising you're doing, you can track that differently. So if Facebook or Instagram and you're doing paid ads or if you've got some kind of other paid campaigns going on or if you have a product and you have it on a couple of different um, shared websites, what when you're paying for ads or even your, your sales reps, what does it cost your company in order to get that one client? So there's a there's a whole calculation on that, but you need to be able to figure that out, especially because you want to make sure you're not spending more to acquire a client than what that client is worth. And I've seen that happen, right? So one of the biggest things to track is your customer acquisition costs. So tracking these and having the data behind it is probably for some people, sounds a little bit daunting and intimidating. It really can be as simple as an Excel spreadsheet and just keeping track of your numbers. But it is crucial for you to optimize your sales efforts. As I mentioned, I see so much money go out the door. People just spend it on marketing. They get a couple clicks and they think it's working. And really, they can spend so much more than what their product or service is bringing in. And that's where you see the profitability isn't there. Again, talk about where one of the key metrics, where are your customers dropping off in the sales process, tracking the different ads, the marketing efforts individually, if you can see which marketing efforts relate to your customers and continue them on that sales funnel. There might be something that has a high drop off rate. Maybe the ads aren't as engaging or doesn't quite tell the story that gets them to continue in the funnel. So these are the things that you want to experiment with 
in finding what is really resonating best with your audience and getting that the best close rate that you can and the best customer acquisition cost. You want that acquisition cost to be low as possible. The most forgotten or overlooked part of the sales process, as I mentioned earlier, is after the purchase. So we don't want to stop there. We want to implement post-purchase engagement strategies to encourage the loyalty of your of your current customer or client base, right? Referrals and repeat business are also gold. That's just like those emails. So always request feedback formally, not just whenever you think of it. Offer exclusive deals and keep customers informed about new opportunities or products. Basically, my favorite piece of advice around the sales process is and in the customer journey is that although you want to have a marketing plan to attract new customers or clients, obviously we need to bring in new people in order to keep the business growing and sustaining and being able to take it to the next level. But do not forget to heavily focus on the customers you already have. They already know you. They have your products or they have your, they're using your, utilizing your services. They are your biggest cheerleaders and treating them like gold should be part of your strategy. It costs so much less to take care of the customers you already have than to market and get new ones. Think about it. If you had twice a year, even a customer appreciation event where they already are paying you for what you do and you just want to show them appreciation, you throw a little dinner or you throw some kind of a celebration in the park. I don't care what it is, uh, depending on what your business is. But then you invite them to bring uh, their friends or their family or whatever makes sense for your business or industry. It would not cost you hardly anything per person that you have there. And if you plan it right to have also a little marketing flair in there, that's when they can really bring in additional people and additional leads to the top of that funnel. And even if you didn't have an event or something where they could bring potential prospects to you, just them feeling appreciated by your company is huge. People do post things on social media. So let's say you have an event, but it's exclusive for customers only. And you're putting pictures on Facebook. They're putting pictures on their Facebook and Instagram and saying, wow, I, you know, I'm have this this service and they just treated me to X, Y, and Z. That stuff goes a long way. That stuff is a little bit harder um, to track if you don't have a formal referral program. But remember, those customers who already love you, that is a warm lead. They're not coming in at the top of the funnel. They are coming in in the middle because they already know someone who loves you and trusts you. So My final advice is do not forget that final step of the sales process, which is to re-engage those customers or keep those customers engaged that have already bought from you. So thank you for joining me today. This is just the beginning, but I hope you've gained some insights on the importance of the sales. Uh, it's, It's obvious, right? We need sales for our business growth, but also taking a step back and really looking at your unique value proposition. Um, or your unique selling proposition, basically the same thing. Understanding your target audience is key. Just be really super clear who that is. Create structured sales processes. Make sure you're really clear on what that customer journey is and the measurements of those sales processes. You can't grow something that isn't being measured. 
So this is just the beginning of our journey together in this four-week series. So stay tuned. Come back next week for for more on, on the sales. Remember, sales is not just a skill. It's a mindset. It's a strategy. And it is definitely a journey. We're here to support each other and empower you on your path to sales success. So see you next week for an exciting episode, which will cover sales strategies for growth. Take care. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please be sure to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. The Woman Choosing Growth Show is not just another podcast. It's a tribe of women helping each other grow. So please share this podcast with all the women entrepreneurs that you would love to see succeed. If you'd like to know more about customized business advising through Cultivate Advisors, download business tools, or sign up for upcoming events, visit www.womenchoosinggrowth.com. Once again, that's www.womenchoosinggrowth.com. Remember, we are in this together. See you on the next one.